What's up, gang? How's it going? Uh, it is a beautiful, sunny, not cloudy, uh, pretty awesome day today. Um, welcome to a brand new, fresh episode of Inside the Coach's Brain. Um, we got some interesting stuff to talk about today. Uh, everybody say hello to Kent. Hello, everyone. How, how are you doing, man? May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. It is May yeah, the 4th. It is May 4th. <laughs> if you're listening at home and you're wondering what day we film this on, it is May the 4th. Yep. All the Star Wars junkies out there, going to be honest, not a big Star Wars fan, so I apologize if that yeah. just ruffles your feathers. Yeah. A little overrated, I think. I don't get it. I don't get it either. So my big thing is I don't understand how Spock kind of plays in with Darth Vader. You're, you're talking two different things. What do you mean? Spock is Star Trek. Darth Vader is Star Wars. <laughs> you're not even in the same... They're not the same thing? <laughs> no. Are you sure? I'm positive. Well, which Cap- one's got the little green guy? That is Star Wars. That is what but we are talking okay, about. Okay, Star Wars, and it has the Starship, Starship Enterprise, Star Wars. Nope. Starship Enterprises is Captain Kirk's ship. And he's in Star Wars. Star Trek. But it's You're star- thinking but of it's Star Wars, which is Darth Vader, the Death Star, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, the Jedis, all that stuff. That's what you're talking about. Are you sure? I am pretty positive. Which one's the beam me up Scotty? That's Star Wars. Star Trek. 100 100%. 110%. 110%. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's confusing. William Shatner. How do people tell these things apart? Um, I don't know. Common sense, I guess. Do they all take place in space? Pretty much. I mean, they have like planets okay. that they visit. Are any of the planets the same? You're talking about the crossover? Are we crossing over here? I don't know. Like, like are any do, of the Star Trek planets the same as Star Wars? Can they live in the same universe? I don't know. I mean, star, I would say Star Trek would be more closely aligned to like, cause you know, they have like the planet Earth and they have the other planets and solar systems and whatever. And that's when all the, the other races kind of come into the picture. But like star, star Wars is like all over the place, if you ask me. Okay. So which one is May the 4th, Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars. May the Force be with you. It's a Jedi thing. And the Jedis are the... Good guys. Good guys. Yes. Don't they turn bad guy, though? They can. Anakin Skywalker was a good guy. He turned into Darth Vader. He went to the dark side. So he left the light side, the good side, and went to the dark side. He did. And in the process, the color of his lightsaber changed? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the whole principle on that, but yeah, I guess you go to like a red lightsaber if you're on the dark side. Okay. If you use like green or yellow or blue if you're a good guy. But all the bad guys have red? I think so. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, when you don't get in... Qu- don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. When you get into... Yeah, where's Nate? Let's look up our facts on yeah. this. So when you get into the Star Wars, Star Trek, are Star Trek fans the same as Star Wars fans? No, I don't think so. No, Star Wars is like hardcore. People are hardcore about Star Wars. Okay, and Star Wars is the, the Stormship Troopers, people dressed in the white suits. Dark, okay, Darth Vader. Okay, you know the right, Chewba- Chewbacca. Star Trek is Han Solo. Star Trek is Captain, Captain Kirk. Kirk, Spock, the Klingons. 
Okay. You know, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Klingons, not Wookiees. Klingons, not Wookiees. Yep. Is there a difference? Yes. Wookiees are hairy. Klingons. To me, their their heads always kind of looked like, uh, I don't know, they have like a huge like spine going kind of in the middle of their head. Okay. And they're like, they're bigger, stronger than humans, pretty so, much. Is that a fancy way of saying they got a butt on their head? It's not a butt. It'd be like if you had like a like a fin or something on your head, like a shark. Okay. You know? So how did the Star Trackers people turn May the Force Be With You into May the Fourth May the Fourth Be With You? It's just a play on words, man. It's just a play on words? Yeah. But it became like this thing, and I don't think it was a thing until like five years ago. I mean, that's probably true, yeah. I think so. All of a sudden, it just came out. So somebody marketed that somewhere, made a shirt, and everybody kind of jumped on board. Yes. Is that what happened? For sure. Okay. Yeah, that is a thousand percent correct. And now you have all the Star Trek like sub sub shows coming out with all the different characters. Yeah, Disney making that money. Disney making that money, and they're bringing mm-hmm. out all the little the little side characters. Yep. Gotcha. Side stories. Yeah. Yep. That weren't really that important ever to begin with. Nope. Okay. That's why they weren't there. That's why they weren't there. Yep. Okay. You got it. Um, I think which movie did I watch? Watched a couple of them. I mean, I've, honestly, I've seen all of them. They all kind of blend together. But nothing has really been that impressive to me. Sorry, Star Wars fans. Um, the Rogue One wasn't bad. I actually didn't mind the Han Solo movie. What's So Rogue One was the Star Trek where they did... Star Wars. They, Star Wars, where they went in and... Was that the one was the exact same plot as the first movie, the first Star Wars? I no, mean, no. I mean, they're all going through a series of events. There was one that I watched, and before I went and watched it, I watched like the original Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Wars. I don't even know which one it is anymore. The original one, and then the new one came out, and it was like, I remember sitting in theater going like, this is literally the exact same plot line. Yeah, they're all the same plot line. It's like, you just got to find the one spot in the shield to break it, and if you can do that, we built this giant, giant enemy ship, and you can break it with one missile. So the old, you know, the old movies are like, it's like in books, it would be like the fourth, the fifth and the sixth book. Yeah. And the new ones, they went back and one, two, three, the prequels or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. More of the backstory. Interesting. Yeah. So it's all, you know, confusing. Lovely. Con- convoluted. Convoluted. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've offended every uh, Star Trek fan on the planet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Slash Star Wars? Which one? May the 4th is Star Trek. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. Is... It's May the 4th. <laughs> it's Star Wars. All right. So Star Trek. Yeah. May the 4th be with you. That's yes. today. Moving on. Happy okay. happy Star Trek to everyone. <laughs> Han Solo will be proud. Yeah. And Spock. Hans and Spock. Okay. So, uh, not why we're on doing this podcast today at all, but, you know, whatever. We might have to delete that whole section out of there. So, if the podcast starts right now, you just missed out on... Some good shit. Five minutes of absolute nonsense. The uh, kind of want to talk today, last podcast we did, I think even chronologically as it airs, as you heard it, probably the last one we did was talking about competitions and why you should compete. Remember that one? Yes. I wanted to be negative, but I was positive. But at least today I get to be negative. Yeah. So sidebar to most of these conversations, uh, Kent rolls into everyone on wanting to be negative, And then somewhere along the lines throughout the 
the conversation, he turns into the the positivity guy. The glass half full. Glass is just like yeah. over. It's way more half full. It's overflowing. Overabundance. So we roll into we roll into that. Um, Usually because I start drinking at Killcliff and I start just getting on my my, my Killcliff high. Got that carbonation Killcliff mm-hmm. high. Like twenty five grams of caffeine. Twenty five milligrams. <laughs> Here we j- go. Jacked up. So. Getting into today's topic of today's podcast, kind of piggybacking on our last podcast where we talked about why you should compete. Um, today, we're not actually going to talk about why you shouldn't compete. That'd be, I guess, that'd be a whole different. That could be, a, yeah, that could be. <laughs> Tune in next week where we talk. Honestly, about, after this one, after this one, might be why you shouldn't compete. But this so, one is a great lead into why you shouldn't. It agreed. So today, and we're I'm going to try and get through this with not hurting too many people's feelings. I guess. Um, he's, that, he's lying. Not that anybody listens to this. That would, that would matter. Yeah. But, uh, so if anybody tags anybody that knows anybody in this one, you know, let me know before you do it. Don't take it personally. Don't take this personally. This is a combination of years of experience and years of, what's the word I'm looking for? Years of noticing and observation, observation is a good word, Obser- mm-hmm. observation and seeing how these, how competitions go, right? And seeing what works and what doesn't work, right? So grand, long story short, today we're going to kind of talk about, you know, why your CrossFit competition sucks, right? Why do you run a shitty competition? Mm-hmm. I guess would be a, almost a better, better phrase of that, right? Yeah, that's fair. So when you look at a CrossFit competition, there's a few things that go into it. Okay. You put this together, you have, you're having people compete, right? And they're competing in fitness and different levels of different things. You have different divisions. You have different ways of scoring it. You have different programming slash workouts, uh, the logistics of where it's happening, your judges all the way down to your prizes. Yeah. Right. You have all these things kind of tie in to make a good event. And ultimately that's what you're trying to accomplish doing CrossFit competition is you're trying to run a good event, right? Make it fun, make it safe reward ideally the fittest people right competing make make it competitive yeah right so first off let's jump into programming and how it pertains to a crossfit competition Mm -hmm. um personally i can't tell you how many crossfit competitions i've gone to where you know these are single day two day they're that's mostly local competitions but sometimes it's crossfit it's big big competitions you know you see it at regionals you see it at different events and different things you see it in crossfit open i think the quarterfinals they just had for the age group was a, or whatever was a giant shit show. Right. Um, you see it in different things, yep. right, for different reasons. But one of the big things for programming you see when you get to the competition is, you know, take a look at the podium, right? You've been around it all day. You go look at the podium and you go, you kinda, there's something in your brain's going, I'm mm. not sure these are the three fittest people here. Right. right? Something, something's, something's not a, quite right. Something's a little off, right? And you're, you know, you're like, um, how did we, how did we get here? Right. You know, and, and like, you'll know it when you see it and I don't want to call it out too much, but if you need to pull me aside in private and I'll talk to you more about it. Well, I think there, I mean, that goes both ways. Cause I mean, obviously you haven't alluded to it, but like if you have a very large team who are just bigger people, yeah, whether that be just weight, muscle mass or whatnot, obviously it's probably been biased more towards, you know, max output, heavier lifts. And then again, if you have a podium with a bunch of like, shorter maybe skinnier people then obviously you were doing a shit ton of probably high skill gymnastics yep or just running yeah or just running you know i mean th- at the end of the day right you program a competition and the proof should come out in the pudding and if the fittest person there is you know the biggest strongest fastest everything 
that's who wins. Nobody's beating him. Would you agree? Yes. Like you go to the CrossFit Games and you put Tia Toomey out there. Yeah. She's the fittest. She's the strongest. She's the fastest. Yeah. She'll, Nobody, she'll always win. Nobody's beating her. Right. right? Exactly, it doesn't yeah. matter what they throw out there. They would have to get hyper specific and like find something she's not good at and that somebody else is really good at and she, they'd have to do that yeah. 15 more events in order for her to. That'd be so hard because she really is great at everything. Yeah. She excels at a lot of things. I mean, swimming, running, heavy lifts. Endurance. So, I mean, so God. say over the course of a CrossFit Games where there's 15 events and they put T out there, they'd say there's 40 people on the field competing against her mm-hmm. in the women's field. Mm-hmm. They'd have to find something that one person in that group of 40 was so much better than T at and replicate that for 15 events, 15 different events. So she'd finish the lower mm-hmm. in all those events and people would finish above her. But chances are she'd still finish, you know, in the top five. Oh, yeah. I mean, and she'd still win easily. Yeah. I don't see her finishing like, Lower than top ten on any event. Yeah, that I mean, they would do. She averages like top three. Yeah, so like, you're only getting like two, three people in between her and whoever is in first. Yeah, every single event. Yeah, just the averages is just gonna like work in her favor. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. So you take that and you go to a local CrossFit competition, and you know, to be fair, the organizers of these events have a few things going have to work with. They're working on a timeline. They're working on a couple different things, and they want to make events that are somewhat fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Right, so typically speaking, on a normal one-day competition, you're going to see somewhere in three to, in, a, in the range of three to four workouts. Okay, so each workout counts 25% of your grade of your total score. Right? Would you? Does that math yeah. work? Yeah. Okay. So then, one workout always likes to be a lift. Everybody, you know, hey, a lifts are a, do like some sort of max lift is exciting. Okay, we're going to do a max power clean or max. We'll call it a max clean. Yeah, right? clean and jerk, whatever. Who does that event favor? I mean, the, the heavier person. It's going to favor a heavier person, yeah. right? It's going to favor a big, heavier person, mm-hmm. right? Typically speaking, that's there's a there's something there. It's going to affect somebody who's really strong. Right. Right. All right. Might not be able to run down the block or do a pull-up, but he's really strong. Yeah. I mean, until there's like, you know, okay. weight then, division, then weightlifting yeah. is always yeah. going to favor the heavier yeah, person. Even, yeah. Even in weightlifting, there's weight divisions. You know, the guy who's cleaning, you know, 500 pounds, you know, looks a lot different than the guy down below that's cleaning 300 pounds. Exactly. So still winning his division, but it's different. Yeah. And then, cause there's no weight divisions. Okay. And then that's 25% of his, of the competition. So one fourth of the workouts really good at already. And then this new, this new trend of put a floater wad in. I don't know if you've seen these. Yeah. It's always annoying. With something super short. <clears throat> it's always annoying. It's like, Hey, we're going to sneak in an extra workout. Yeah. But we like sneak in this extra workout and we call it a floater and we call it like, it's just this thing. But the floater counts the same as everything else. Yeah. So now we just took a whatever. We made it a one-minute workout, and it counts the same as everything else. You're like, yeah. okay. So it's one-minute max cows. It's always something. These places, they'll do it outside. It's something super easy mm-hmm. to do. It involves a bike or a rower, right? Like nine times out of ten. Yeah. It's, and they're like, hey, let's do as much as you can, as fast as you can. Right. Short time domain, high output. Hold your breath for 45 seconds to go. You know? You know. Okay. So same guy that lifted, you know, lifted strong probably going to be the same guy who can pull pull hard on that yeah if you're doing a, a short time domain definitely like if yeah. you were doing more of like a extended time domain i could yeah. see where it would kind of even out but yeah if yeah. you're like three minutes or less five minutes or less it's definitely gonna be skewed to that heavier person yep okay so now 50 percent of your competition yeah right in that wheelhouse mm-hmm. whether you meant to doing your programming or not that's who you've skewed it to yeah you skewed it to big strong people okay cool big strong people have a place in the world too not hating on not hating on Nate, right? Definitely but not hating on Nate. Big, strong people. He's a runner now. But, you know, then you take it back inside or you take it back to wherever the next workout is. And they have mm-hmm. a, say it's a eight-minute 
AMRAP or eight minutes, you know, something for time. It takes about six minutes to do. Yeah. All right. But it's got, you know, a moderate weight deadlift and then something else in it. Okay. That person finishes, you know, middle to lower in the pack. Yeah. And then, hey, there's one more workout and they finish middle to lower in the pack. But they got two first places over here. They got two middle lower packs. They win the competition. Yeah. And you're like, but they're not really, you didn't really fix the, get the fittest person out of there. Well, right. They were fit for those events. Yeah, they were fit for those events that fell right to them. And that's kind of how it goes sometimes. But over time, you start seeing the same pattern mm-hmm. at different events, and it's the same It's the same exact thing. Right. Like, the, the workouts are almost cookie cutter. Well, and I think that was a big knock on, like, even CrossFit Regionals was that a lot of the workouts, there was always, like, a max clean or snatch. They were very, like, traditional CrossFit-style workouts. There was nothing truly outside of the box Right. So those people who were just good at barbell movements would always kind of like be top five in regionals. And you had people that were probably fitter that yeah. were, you know, getting left behind. Yeah. It would have been fitter at the games when it, the whole kitchen sink gets thrown at them. Yeah, versus, exactly. You know, it's a different competition from regionals to the games. Yeah. Right. And it's, you know, but that's, that's at the expert level, you know, the CrossFit mm-hmm. level, you know, the, in the lower levels, it's like, you only have so much to work with, but yet it's did by doing that, did we actually determine it? Well, right. So, I mean, if it's happening at the higher level, of course it's happening at the local level. Yeah. Even more so. Yeah. And then, and then are you as a programmer or, you know, person putting this work competition together, it's a, who are you, what, what athlete are you trying to get to win this? Mm -hmm. Right. Not individual athlete, but like the avatar, the athlete, like who are you programming it? What, what test are you trying to put out there? Yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, your result is the people who showed up and did it and win and who, or is it what you wanted? Chances are you get the CrossFit level, you have the fittest people in the world, use as an example. You can sit here on paper and guess who's going to win and get it right nine times out of ten. Because you just know right. that the fittest people are just better than the other people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and you know what their wheelhouse workouts are going to be. Yeah. So you can place them for the, every workout you could place where they're probably going to end up. Yeah. And it becomes pretty easy. You know, now you could take, so say you take like Pat Vellner in the CrossFit Games versus Matt Frazier. Had they thrown more Pat Vellner wheelhouse workouts in, like take and go look at, hey, here's the ones he wins. Mm-hmm. Let's put, let's double those amount of style workouts. Does they all of a sudden get a lot closer? Right. Right. Take away the ones he, his thing was always, always bomb a couple of them. Take out the ones he bombs. Well, yeah. His like first, like one or two workouts, he would just do horribly. Then he's just kind of trying to like make ground. Yeah. The whole weekend. The, back, the rest yeah. of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So you take, you know, take a couple of those out and, put stuff he's you know throw him some softballs right and and usually it was the longer endurance <clears throat> events is what he usually kind of bombed out on yeah he just does not do well on those no for whatever so, for whatever reason and obviously matt like really worked on that like he kind of like worked on that was his weakness too and then he shored that up yeah so programming becomes a big a big thing to you know circle back around to who you want to win you know not when I say who you want, not individually, but like the type of athlete, the most fittest, the whatever that you want to shine through in your competition. Well, yeah, it's like you said, like it needs to be balanced. You can't just like throw stuff in because it's going to look good. Yeah. Like that's not how you program. Yeah. Stuff you look good or do thing. And that gets into a little bit of my next point is like your event logistics, mm-hmm. right? That has to be taken into account for that also. Please, for the love of God, know the size of your facility you're doing these workouts in i mean i would say that's probably the most honestly important thing is like location yeah, like location what huge. you have like a it's safety yeah b are you rolling out you know five different pieces of equipment for everybody in the 
in the competition and half of it's different. So, you know, mm-hmm. from one lane to the next, they're using different barbells, different plates, different, different collars, one lane's not the same size as the next. Things are a little off. The space requirements are different. Everything's different from, you know, lane one to five, if yeah. you will. And it's always like, well, what the, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. You know, like I have dead bounce plates. You have high temp plates that bounce all over the place. You know, we're going overhead with barbell. You know, there's somebody doing sit-ups over here, trying not to drop a barbell on their head. You know, right? Yeah, I mean, you're doing snatches or cleans. Like they have bearing bars over there, and I over here I got a power bar, like an Ohio bar with yeah. bushings in it. I mean, some people that might not matter, but it does. You know, everybody should be in theory, at least on equipment, everybody should be using the same thing. Yeah, as reasonable as possible. The space requirements: Do you have enough space to run the workout you're trying to run? Right. There's, you don't have to reinvent the wheels is do mm-hmm. I you need to pull out every show that every cool piece of equipment you could possibly think of to put in a CrossFit competition. Do right. we need to drag that out? Probably not. No, you know, you're not the CrossFit games. You don't have, you know, rogue sitting out there with a, you know, 16 semi trucks at your disposal, just yeah. throwing shit at you. Like you need to think about what you have, what you can use the most effectively to program and get through that competition. Right. I mean, you can get creative without just throwing a ton of equipment out there. Exactly. You know, then it's like, hey, do we have space to do bar-facing burpees? Bar, it's always a great example. Bar-facing burpees are great. Great movement. Yeah. Chances are you probably need to do lateral bar burpees because you don't have no space to actually yeah. do a heat of people doing bar-facing burpees. Their feet start kicking into the... Ton of space. Into the viewing area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, then that's the other thing. Where, you know, in, in your gym space, wherever you're doing it, where are your fans? You know, say you have... You say you're lucky enough to have spectators come watch this thing. Right. Where do they... Where do they spectate from? Yeah. Is that clearly defined? Or are they just walking through your competition? Yeah. Right? Are there stands? Do we think about it? Do we even really care? Yeah. I mean, I feel like some, I feel like most of the local places I've been to to watch, they've done a pretty good job of that. Yeah. It's been pretty roped off. It's gotten better. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a safety thing. And like, right. logistics in general is a safety thing. Is there enough room to, I've seen some horrific things. It's like, well, yeah, I've seen some bad stuff with like within the confines of the competition, but yeah. for, for the most part, with the, spectators has been pretty good what always gets me is when you go to a bigger event and there's like no matting there's no flooring yeah and it's like it's just people are sliding and slipping oh yeah place. it's terrible sweat everywhere on a on a wood floor yeah. on a hard floor concrete floor it's just like it's terrible yeah it's like we it's just could, grease we couldn't get some a little more flooring yeah. out here yeah then throw in something like a you know a, a barbell lunge or something like that like yeah. when they're like walking a barbell down the floor like in sweat puddles from like, the good god before. yeah so you know there's there's things like that it's it's you know it's like was this thought about maybe it was maybe it wasn't yeah um well other, other thing in logistics that you know speaking of physical space and things um bathrooms think about bathrooms mm-hmm. chances are you're going to have a bunch of people there if you've ever been to a 5k yeah <laughs> bathrooms are pretty important you know go rent five porta potties oh, put them outside whatever whatever you think you need a bathrooms double it and call it a right. day go go to a local 5k and then just whatever they did yeah do that like i don't understand why they got 45 porta potties out here <laughs> right well wait till three two one go yeah everybody needs to go to the bathroom all right god ain't that the truth um timeline um this one we run into quite a bit. You right? It's like, hey, we're gonna keep this timeline. Here's here's mm-hmm. when your heats are. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'll just plan on going a good solid half hour. Right. <laughs> after every one of those, and they and the timeline changes, and it's all across the board, and it's it's typically going the opposite way. 
right? Yeah. It's going backwards. It's just going to be there longer and longer and longer. You do a CrossFit, especially at local CrossFit comp, you know you're going to be hanging out for a while. Yeah, prepare to be there all day. Yeah. Bring, so, bring snacks. CrossFit games, regionals, stuff like that, high level, well put together mm-hmm. in theory competitions. They got timeline down to a science. Oh, yeah. They know the time they have to do it. They put time in for breaks and changing on equipment and everything else. And they run, you know, some of the stuff's televised. It's got to be saying it starts at three. It's got to start at three. Yeah. It's not start at three Oh five or two fifty eight or it's three o'clock. Right. Yeah. That's when CBS turns the cameras on. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you could tell CBS that about their football games. Cause yes, you could, there's sometimes an issue there. Yeah, college football tends to run long. Just FYI. Just like this podcast. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Sorry, got a lot of thoughts in this one, gang. Yeah. Stick with us. We'll wrap it up here in a minute. But the so timeline, I kid you not, did a competition one time and I was getting ready. I was saved my first workout of the day it was like at 10 a.m. or something, something like that. I don't remember what exact time it was. It was like 10 o'clock. Okay, cool. It's 9 30. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go start warming up, get ready for my 10 o'clock time, have time to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. be ready to roll. Wait in line for the one bathroom, you know, do thing. I'm walking up to walk into the gym area to like start working out and they call the heat, and I'm like, wait what heat was that? And she's like, this, this, this. I'm like, well, I think I'm in that heat. And she's like, oh yeah, you're good to go then. I'm like, we got half an hour. They're like, oh, we're, we're half an hour early. Oh, wow. I was like, what? <laughs> was this a big local competition? Uh, medium. <laughs> medium. <laughs> I don't <know> names, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it was like, what the, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. So then it went from like, hey, I have plenty of time. I, got, I can get warmed up at least a little bit and do something to like, oh, three, two, one, go. Yeah, here we go. Good times. So just as important as this to run, not run late and run on time, running early is not good either. No. On time is the best you're going to get. Um, I don't know if you did the one. I don't think you did. On time um, is the best time. They did one out at the beach out here, and it ran so late one night. I mean, they were out there for like 12 hours, and they were – it was dark. They didn't have Oh, lights. I remember it. I they remember. They literally had people like with their cell phone lights, like yeah. for light to do the last workout or two. It was like, this is dumb. Yeah. No, I remember that. Yeah. I wasn't out there, but I yeah. do remember that. I got about 400 text messages about yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. So be on time. Be on time, guys. It's, you know. Easy. Plan When you plan your programming, plan your timeline, stick to your timeline. Right. You know, there's things like that. Um, judging. Oh, my God. I could I could do a whole podcast about judging across CrossFit competitions. <laughs> Holy crap. All right. So judging, my biggest thing and pet peeve on judging is that, and this, guys, like I said, a lot of this circles back to programming. Um, judge, Make sure your programming makes sense for a judging perspective, Yes. right? Some movement may be super cool to do. It may make a lot of sense. You may do it, see it done all the time. But when it goes to actually having somebody stand there and count reps and know if it's good or not, it's really hard to judge. Right. Yeah. And right. I mean, gosh, we did the... Uh when I used to do the little competitions at the YMCA and we would bring in people to judge and grant their volunteers, they're helping yeah. us out, you know, but these are exercise science students. So it's like, okay, so you know how to do a squat. You've seen a squat before. I just need to make sure, or I need you to make sure that they are hitting parallel yeah. on this squat depth. And just the, the deer in the headlights, look, you get from like half of them. You're like, Oh damn, yeah, we're in trouble here. We, we got yeah. some work to do. Yeah. So if you're running a competition, Make sure the movement you're doing has a standard that is repeatable, yep. that is judgeable, that it's easy for almost a layperson, somebody right. that doesn't necessarily have any business being a judge at a, at a CrossFit event, but they're there anyway because it's volunteers and you need bodies, right? Ultimately, you need somebody that can stand there and count. Yeah, can you count to whatever number this workout is? Right, and do it consecutively, and you know, hey, 
if you're really good, here's the standard we said. If they didn't hold that, I need you to tell them that one didn't count. Right. And then keep going. Yeah. Just an easy, definable standard. Worst case, I need you to stand there and count. Yeah. And at least make sure they did the minimum required work before they move on to the next thing. Right. You know, and that's sometimes that's debatable. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Now that gets a little gray as well. You know, it's like this, these things shouldn't be grayer, but just know that when you're programming, try and keep something that's, you know, not gray. Well, yeah. And I know that's, that's so tough local competitions because majority of them are volunteers. And then it could be like, you have actual CrossFit coach, like judging you where over here, you got someone's uncle who just is helping out, like counting your reps. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of discrepancy there as well. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, it is one, what it is. Yeah, the one a guy, lot of time. guy, Hey, knows what he's actually looking for. Guy sees like, hand me another beer. Right. And like, okay. Like I'm here to help out, have a good time, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to put back a six pack while I'm here too. <laughs> they just pulled me out of the stands five minutes ago, guys, well, and handed yeah. me a clipboard. And I mean, and that's happened before. It happens a lot. You know, that has actually happened. Yeah. I've seen it happen. It happens quite a bit. But, and just know that also as an athlete, if that's you and you have that judge, that probably a conversation with them before you start and ask them what they're looking for. And then you can kind of figure, you can get a gauge on where they're at. Well, I think it was you that told me that you would uh, you want to toe the line until you got no rep. Listen, I will. You tell me what the standard is. Until gonna, that happened, I'm just gonna. I'll, I'm gonna toe the line. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do what I need to do. Listen, <laughs> I'm going fast. This is a competition. This is not a. This is not a form event. Right. It's so a, again, they need to. They need to be yeah. able to be vocal and like no rep someone and yeah. not be like scared not, or intimidated. Know, I'm not gonna just be a total like two total asshole movements, but I'm gonna be. I'm well, gonna try and move fast. Well, right. Well, right. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, believe me, I've gotten called on plenty of, plenty of no reps. Yeah. The, the funny part is the ones I'm actually like towing the line on and doing, like I normally don't get any sort of action, yeah. but with the stuff I'm doing right, that's when I start getting no reps. And then your AdMat sit-ups, you got no ripped on? Yeah, God. <laughs> also. Guys, Justin got no ripped on AdMat sit-ups. There's a video somewhere if you like can find not, it. Not just one, but like a f- <laughs> several. Um, but I was okay with that. That was, that was my fault. Not he, didn't know, he didn't know the standard. He I didn't know, know the what standard. they were for. So I, there you I, go. I missed that part of the brief. Yeah. I was probably uh, going to the bathroom, waiting, mm-hmm. on, waiting in the bathroom line. Yeah. Um, scoring. So scoring, again, goes back to how many workouts you have. Just There's a couple different ways these things typically get scored. They get scored a lot of times on like a one point if you get first place, two points if you're in second place, three points if you're in third place, four points and you're in third mm-hmm. place, fourth place, yep. you know, so on and so forth. CrossFit uses like 196, 90. They do like different scores right. coming down. But a lot of local smaller stuff uses like one, two, three, four. Yeah, um, which can have oh, completely different outcomes. It can have completely different outcomes based off scoring, based off where you're at, based how many people are in your competition, how many people are in your yeah. division. It's it's worth noting that, hey, maybe when you get your final list, maybe play out some scenarios of the scoring and see like how it actually plays out. Yeah, I actually did that when with my YMCA thing. So I had two scoring systems that I used for different years. Yeah, your first year, and, not good. And it was okay. And was, I compared them. It was terrible. The, the, the team that won would have won. Either time. Okay. But second through fifth, there was a, a good bit of fluctuation there. Mm-hmm. What well, so, changes, you know, hey, I got a two versus a five. It starts getting weighted. And, for, well, yeah. And I think a lot. Two versus 12. And what happened also is the amount of teams got larger, which brought in more discrepancy. Yeah. And the more so, people you have in between and different things. It exactly. Change, yeah. It, it can change up a lot of things. So it's worth paying attention to your scoring and not just doing what the competition down the street did or what you saw last time or something. Or, or, right. or even worse, probably not even really thinking about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, scoring. It's just one, two, three, four, five. I don't know. 
and then yeah. go from there. It doesn't always work out that way. So pay attention to that and know that also four events is going to score differently than five events versus three events. Different, mm-hmm. The events are going to be weighted differently, if you will. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that's a tough one, though. It is tough. I, I cut people slack on that. Yeah, there's that's not my biggest pet peeve, but there's some math that needs to be done in there and there's some different things. Yeah. Um, my final point is, and this, this is just a little bit of a pay attention to your to your competition and pay attention to who you cater towards, right? Um, prizes. I know everybody, you know, there's the big trend is like, hey, we got RX division, we got elite division, we got intermediate, we got beginner or whatever. Some sort of scaled RX, elite, some sort of thing like that. So say there's an elite division, right? Elite division's cash prize. Nice prizes. Hey, 500 bucks for first place, mm-hmm. 200, 100, whatever. Just arbitrary numbers, making stuff up. Yeah. Or they have some sort of prize package and the you know, elite gets this, 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 this. And you're like, okay, cool. By the time you get down to typically to the scale division, it's like, here's a here's a bag full of a gift bag full of some random samples of some stuff people gave us. Yeah. This you is know? all the free shit we got from the vendors. This is all the free shit we got, the leftover stuff. Let's put it in a bag, hand that out as your right. prizes. <laughs> totally fine. Not worried about that. But maybe as an event organizer, you want to look at who you had sign up for your event. Because the people in Scaled, which is probably 50 to 60% of your entire competition that paid all the money for the whole thing, right, is getting nothing. Yeah. And the elite, who is like, the podium's three people, and there's like six of them signed up for the competition. Right. Or, very, or, very valid or point. Or less, are getting all your prizes. Very valid point. Right. So, who's the competition for? Yeah. Right. So, something to pay pay attention to, I guess, would be... Well, especially if you're even like if you're signing up directly for that division, like then why aren't the prizes the same? Because yeah. I mean, there's really not much difference. You just you entered a different yeah level, right? Why should your prize be any less? Like, yeah, the whole monetary thing I get, but like you should still get something worthwhile. You paid the same amount that the other person paid. Yeah, whether you're in elite RX, yeah. whatever scaled. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's something you see. It's this, that, and the other, and it's like I've been done okay in a couple and been on a podium and it's like and they hand you a bag and you're like I'm not even going to look in this bag because I know there's nothing in it yeah I honestly I'd prefer you just shake my hand say good job here's a cold beer and <laughs> yeah and move on it's like I'm not I'm not doing it for a prize and that's and that's fine but I'm not also not everybody you know well, right some people want that prize or validation or whatever yeah I mean I feel like just instead of like giving them junk I mean bring in like local you know, support local, do like gift cards or something. Yeah. Just something that they can use yeah. and they're think, likely yeah, to use. Think about your prizes a little bit. There's and, yeah. and think about the distribution of your prizes, I guess. Yeah. You know, if you have three good prizes you're going to hand out, maybe not give them all first, second, third in your high division. Maybe go mm-hmm. first place, first place, first place. Yeah, exactly. In each division. Yeah. Down the way. You know, and I'm not saying don't give the elite anything either. That's not, that's not right either. But, you know, maybe play that out and figure it out a better a prize package, if you will. Well, yeah, but like you said, like you don't want to alienate your the majority of your base, consumer base. Yeah, because let's face it, signing up for the competitions is not your elite competitors. No, it's your it's your average it's your average weekend, it's your weekend warrior. Yeah, average Joe. Yeah, exactly. That's your majority. Yep. So that was my why your competition sucks and how you can make it better. Figure it out. Rant. Figure it out. Right. Get out there. Um, if for some reason you happen to be an event organizer, all right competition organizer and you'd like to shoot the shit on that with me talk about it uh feel free to hit me up in the dms or whatever and we'll uh i'll have you in we'll, t- we'll jam slide into his dms have you in we'll have you in and we'll jam <laughs> yeah slide slide right on in um other than that guys make sure you like follow subscribe tell your friends tell your mom 
all that good stuff. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Sound good? Deuces. All right, guys. Later.